Tēnā tātou katoa, no mai haramai ki tēnei kōrero, back to Kura podcast. We're back, myself, Shiloh, we have a special guest today um, and we're happy to be here. It's been a long time since we've done an episode, uh, but we'll no doubt get into that throughout the podcast, but happy to be back, happy to be speaking and um, yeah, I'll throw it to you, Shiloh, you can introduce yourself, say what's up and then we'll introduce our guest. Oh, kia ora everyone, it's good to be back, um, aroha mai. It's been a while. We've been a little bit busy with COVID um, and kind of lockdown and things like that. But yeah, like Ashley was saying, we're really happy to be here and really, really excited for our special guest here, Wahine Kaha Queer, a strong Wahine and a role model for me and I'm sure for Ashley as well. So kia ora kiri. Oh, kia ora. Uh, ko Napui, rato ko Natihine. Ko Nati Maru, ko Nati Hawao ki iwi, ko Kiri Nathan tō kuengua. Um, my, my number one job is being Ashley's mum. <laughs> my other jobs are being a mum to four other kids and three mokopuna. And um, my husband and I run two businesses. One is Kiri Nathan Limited, which is a um, fashion business. And we have three product lines, uh, handwoven kākahu, clothing, and pōnamu. And the second business is more of a fashion movement, Kahui Collective. Uh, and this year I've had the privilege of, of being able to reclaim a year to, to study Te Reo Māori me Mātauranga Māori, uh, And um, with the both of you. <laughs> like different classes. Aye. Yeah, we've, we've, we've seen each other in the hallways or, or possibly sometimes crying in the wharipaku. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shame that. Kia ora, kia ora, kia ora. Kia ora, kitty. Kia ora, we're stoked to have you on, mum. And um, yeah, I think we, we, we're really happy to have you on board because uh, recently we've been getting a lot of messages from students or people that are going to go to Takiuta next year, right? They're finding out, they want to know a bit more information about one Takiuta, about full immersion, te reo Māori. Um, a lot of people are, are parents that have kids at home and they just really want to find out just what it's been like as a parent, as a student, and sort of how they can prepare themselves to go to a full immersion one-year course next year. There's a lot of people doing that. We all know here that Takiuta's fooled up. I'm pretty sure all the other wānanga around the mutu uh, are full as well. So, that's really the direction of this podcast and I'll call it all today is really to help people that are doing that full immersion journey next year. What is it what to expect? What you wish you would have known when you started your journey at Takiura. And I know you've got a lot of Fakaro around that. Um, but I think it'd be nice to start the conversation or the corridor around sort of your take. Um, you know, what was the reason as to why you went to Takiura? Um, and we can start from there, and then we can fight way to Hi. Oh, well, ako oku whakaro o pāna ki te ako i te reo Māori. Um, I just couldn't live without my reo anymore. I, I couldn't go, I, could, I just couldn't move forward, if you know what I mean. It might sound a little bit strange, but um, for my mahi, with the kids, with you, you know, Ashley, um, I just felt like I couldn't move forward unless I could grasp my language, my own language. Um, and that, that feeling became so overwhelming that um, everything else needed to be pushed aside to, to be able to take this year. 
and then um, you know early in 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 those sort of I suppose months or years of just not being able to move forward having caught it all with you Ashley about doing it together and um, I mean it's been oh, it's my wildest dream come true to see you stand in the middle of Whānauhui and do a Fai Kōrero. I mean, they, I, it's just like, it's, my, it's all my dreams come true kind of thing. And, and now we've, we've, we've sort of said to the other three kids who are still coming through uh, college that when they finish college, they will go to Takiyuta as well so that um, they can get the um, knowledge, you know, the, the, the privilege that we've had this year as far as now being able to understand when people are speaking a basic understanding and and um being able to respond in a basic form um we're certainly still very much in the learning phase of this the very early early stages of learning and there's there's a lot more years to come of learning but um it fills my heart and so i guess a year ago the reason for doing this year of study was to be able to stand here today and feel so um, just so overwhelmingly grateful to be able to have the knowledge that I now have, even though it's small. Yeah. And so when you came to make that decision of doing Takayura, how hard was that for you to decide to do that? Because like you said, you're running all these businesses and you had kids as well and, and it's a huge commitment as we know now um but yeah like what was your process like in deciding to actually commit to doing a full year i think that the difficulty lies in the period that it takes to make the decision once you make the decision then it's easy because you're like okay what do i need to do to prepare the businesses what do i need to do to prepare the kids you know james my husband our home what do we need to do to prepare ourselves because this is going to happen? <laughs> you know, there's no turning back now. We've made the decision and, and we're all committed to it. And, and it had to be, like, I talked to Jason and the kids as well. It had to be a commitment from everyone um, for me to be able to take the year. So, yeah, it's, I, I don't think, honestly, whether you're a mom or not a mom or whether you're straight out of college or whatever your um, pūrako is, whatever your story is, I don't think um, it's ever your sole decision or, or your sole experience. It's the experience that, that, that you go through on a day-to-day -day basis, but also all the people that are around you, care for you, live with you, mm. you know, friends and... Yeah, so it's a massive commitment from everyone to support you through that year too. Kilda. Kilda, definitely. And they see the changes that you go through throughout your year and you you, know, you might have been Kitty, Charlotte, Ashley at the start of this year, but I can guarantee you for everybody that's going next year, you're going to be a different person at the end of the year. You know Absolutely. I mean? The things that you learn with just being immersed in a Tao Māori environment, it's, it's, it's unbelievable the amount of change and growth that you have. Um, I guess for me, what... Oh, I think it's Shiloh's mum's TV. <laughs> Shiloh's up with the title at the moment. Oh, yeah. 
my mum my mom's just had um surgery for now, so if you hear TV, um she's lying she's had a hip replacement. Oh weird. So, yeah. So I just let her watch the TV on quiet. I don't have my I just wanted to we've, we've had these conversations before, Mum, between ourselves and in and, and terms of our experience, our Fiako at Takuda. Um you know, can you elaborate a little bit more on your experience throughout this year? Oh, I can sum it up in one word. It's just been traumatic. <laughs> it's been like, um, I came into the year knowing that it was going to be hard. I knew it was going to be hard. I didn't realize that I was going to feel so traumatized for the entire year. Um, whether it was the realization of how much I've missed um, for, for, you know, almost 50 years of my life, whether it was like not feeling like I was keeping up with the other tawira and my apumanga, um, whether it was just an overwhelming feeling that I wasn't getting it fast enough um, or getting it at all. Um, sometimes it was just little things like sitting in the apumanga and our kayako would um, give you an instruction, you know, tohu tohu, and I wouldn't understand the instruction, so I had no idea how to answer it. So, you know, I think um, yeah. there's a multitude of things that can happen to you. And for someone that's of my age and, um, you know, sort of like working in an industry that I, I know, you know, I know how to do my stuff. I know how to, I know how to achieve the things in the world that I've created around myself to suddenly be humbled to the point where you're sitting in a room full of people and you feel sometimes dumb or inadequate or, um, you know, that's a really, really uh, personal journey that I think every single person who's learning to build um, goes through. Even when you're, you know, advancing into the higher levels and that, I just think it's a, it's a hard process because there's a lot of um, emotional trauma that comes with it. And... Yeah, I, yeah, it's been it's been really really hard, but you know, equally, it's been so rewarding. <laughs> so it's quite a schizophrenic kind of like feeling, you know. You're like elated and then just completely, um, you know, rocking in the corner in the fetal position as well. <laughs> and I can relate to that so much, um, Kitty, because I I feel like it's the same thing for me, and it it feels like there's this overwhelming grief when you're mm. learning to do Māori because like you were saying, it's what you've lost and you're trying to get it back. And then you have these like really amazing, incredible, like spiritual experiences or like joyous experiences, right? Like when you, even when you stand up and you do a whakapuaki and that feeling of being able to do that. But then at the same time, it brings up a lot of trauma. And I feel like for me, the trauma came with every whakapuaki, like kawaii, oh my gosh, who am I? And then like, the next one, Mirai. Oh my gosh, I need to find my Mirai. So it's like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Relax. And it's kind of like um, <clears throat> the, the spiritual thing that happens to you. And I don't believe that anyone could have come into this year and, and be at the end of this year and say that they didn't have some kind of spiritual experience during this year um, hits you in different ways and at different times and often quite unexpectedly. So um, many times when I, I stood to do a whakapuaki, I'd feel absolutely fine and then suddenly I'd be crying and I had no explanation for it whatsoever 
I'm not a, a tangi wetō um, in general, and I certainly don't like standing up crying in front of a room full of people. But um, by the end of the year, it was like, I don't know, you just kind of accept that that is part of the journey. And it's, um, it's also, it's very healing. You know, this year's been very, very healing. I've had to talk about whakapapa that wasn't necessarily um, a safe space for me prior to this year. And um, part of the learning is being able to process, you know, um, abuse and trauma that may have happened within your whānau and whakapapa and being able to be okay with that. You know what I mean? And just, yeah, face your tanifa and, and yeah move forward and be okay with that. Yeah, I think um, something that is beautiful about te ao Māori is they encourage you to cry. You know, it's not something that they shy away from, males and females. It's like crying is a natural, that, that's normal. It was normal with our ancestors and it's normal now. And it creates that sort of environment where you might, you know, some fella tough as, Wahine kaha, you know, they don't show those emotions and they don't cry, but it just comes out when you're at class or when you're really giving yourself with your whakapuaki or your assignments. And if anything, when people do cry, it's, it's, it's almost like, oh, yay, you know? Oh, awesome to see this person crying and, you know, giving, giving themselves, letting themselves go, you know? Hekari aroto pono ne. It's like, it's authentic. It's coming straight from the pit of your stomach or from your heart. You know, it's coming without any control of your own. And so it's just so real. And um, everyone feels it. Everyone feels the realness of it. And I often, you know, for Māori who have lived most of their life without our own language, uh, everyone feels it. Everyone feels the mamai because it's, kind of the same mm. so in saying that because i get this asked a lot um what how do you prepare for for for, for all of these emotions you know how do you prepare for for what's to come because when i look back to last year i wouldn't know i would i i, like, I wouldn't know what to how to prepare for this it just it just all came like you said it just can't comes out of nowhere the spiritual experiences the the tangi wetō, like, oh, the tangi, you know, it just comes. But do you have any sort of, like, advice or what do you what do you wish that you knew? Yeah, well, I'm the same as you, Shiloh. I, I wasn't expecting it. It was like I got blindsided big time. Um, and I spoke to Tawira who had attended Takira last year, and I thought that that was enough to prepare me. But what they took me through was, like, the... Um, you know, the wahanga, like the different topics, and these are the puka puka that we used, and just know that you're going to need some hours outside of Takiura. You know, you can't just do nine to three and then think that that's going to be enough. That We had no corridor about the emotional roller coaster that you go through, and maybe not everyone has that, you know, has that experience or that fiako. Um, and so this year I have a couple of my best friends are going next year. Actually, there are quite a lot of people that have been accepted into next year's um, wānanga. And I'm like, right, we need to sit down and have a couple of kōrero so that I can give you everything 
um, that I've felt in my in, in my experience of this year, so that you will be better equipped, literally emotionally, <laughs> for this. Um, the first thing is, if you have, if you have done like level one, two, three, four, you will be so set to to jump into this Wananga for the year. If you haven't, I would highly suggest that you do. Māori Made Easy Workbooks 1, 2, 3, 4. And you can easily go through those books. Whether you get it all or not, just go through them and familiarise yourself with sentence structures and so forth before you start the year at Takahuta. Um, just so that there's some kind of base or foundation. Like Ashley and I went in like with nothing. We've done courses in the past, but that was years ago. And, you know, you kind of like do a course and then when you don't keep it up, you lose it. And so it was just this constant starting at level one, two, three, four kind of thing, but not really anything consistent. So, yeah, if you can prepare your reo as much as you can before you start, that would be a great thing to do. Um, 100% everyone going into Takayura should know that the first 10 weeks, that first wahanga is the bulk of your learning. And don't compromise that time for anything. So I was still running... I was mentoring 20 fashion, you know, um, fashion entrepreneurs and trying to run the businesses, trying to push out collections and, and, and manufacture clothes. And um, I did that as well as trying to learn those, those first really, really important 10 weeks. So my advice to anyone that has a business or has other things to juggle outside of Takiura, if you can, push them aside until after those 10 weeks because you will have time to do them after those first 10 weeks. But if you miss some of the fundamental building blocks of those first 10 weeks, the year will be really hard. I found that really hard. Um, one, of the, one of the things that I, I, I honestly believe that I, I did wrong this year was I was in a class of, really amazing Toida. They were like, you know, excellent learners, very fast learners, um, beautiful speakers. And I expected myself to be learning and speaking at the same level of them. And when I didn't or couldn't, um, I took that really, really hard or I, or I was really, really hard on myself about that. So it, it's one thing to just keep in your mind that your journey is your journey whatever you're learning this year, if it's slower or faster or whatever than other people, um, you just can't compare the learning journeys. They're all different and you will come out at the end with a hundred percent more than what you did when you first began. So don't put that pressure on yourself. Um, and I, I, I like everyone should know that you need a couple of hours extra every day. Um, everyone learns differently. For me, it's like a couple of hours in the books. For Ashley, it's like a couple of hours just speaking with people. So, but you do need that extra time. And probably um, get really comfortable with being uncomfortable. Inga wakato. <laughs> You're just constantly pushed out of your comfort zone over and over again. And just learn to um, take a big deep breath and, and breathe and yeah, breathe your way through it because you'll survive it. So how did you do it all 
while juggling business and juggling kids because I know for me I have no kids and I did have mahi but it's sort of you know not not as hectic as what yours looks like and how, how did you do it and I know you said that you had the support of um, your whanau and and everyone had to sort of agree to to what you're committing to what does that look like um, again I think it's a really personal thing and everyone's going to have a slightly different scenario um, whanau are different but communication is massive. Just, you know, I was constantly communicating with the kids. I'm so sorry, I'm not going to be able to do that because this year, it's only this year, but this year I've got Takuda and, and that has to be a priority because I only get this year to do this. And then, you know, we can pick up other things later. Um, the kids were really understanding about not being able to be at every training and game, which I usually am. And that's a really important to me to be there for the kids when they're doing their um, extracurriculum. Um, the businesses started to fall over. Like that first 10 weeks was an absolute hot mess of no sleep, like zero sleep, man. Like I'd come home from Takiyoto, I'd try and do a little bit of time on the deal. Um, but basically I was trying to, you know, still run the businesses in the background and um it all just fell over i did a terrible whakapuaki for the first one you know i was completely unprepared and um i let it get to me so i wasn't emotionally prepared to deliver to deliver it either um i got like an 87 mark and that threw me into a whirl because i like to get a hundred percent on everything <laughs> <laughs> like my student you know and 87 percent, i was like what the hell oh my god i'm such a loser <laughs> and um you know you really just uh that's another thing that you should take into consideration if you're going next year don't don't get too thrown by the mark don't get too thrown by the mark that's all who has been able to speak at the end of the year about what your marks are during the year it's just an indication of probably where you need to learn more, whatever. But um, so the businesses started to fall over and in, in sort of like week 10, 11, 12. And uh, my husband and I sat down and I just, I literally was like, I just can't, I can't do it. I'm not going to um, quit Takiyura. So we need to figure out what we're going to do. Um, and so he left. Because Jason um, has always had another full-time job. And while I've run the businesses and this is the first time in 11 years that he quit his full-time job and then came to work. Um, yeah. Came to work for, for us full-time and that's pretty scary. Cause it kind of like you lose the, um, the safety blanket, I guess the safety blanket for the mortgage and you know, all the, the things that need to be paid, the kids schools and all the rest of it. But it was the best decision ever. And the business, you know, having two people in it, I could just sort of like put my part-time, you know, hours at, into play. And he took care of running um, probably this year we ran the business with no clothing collections. Um, I didn't take on any weaving commissions and we, we've basically just done uh, Ponamu as a product and the mentorship program is the thing that I've done sort of full-time outside of Lovekuta as well. But 
we've had to make some, mm, you know, st- strategic decisions on on how to keep the doors open this year. And the great thing was is that Jason never asked me to um, give up the deal. It was oh. just never. It was never a an option for us. It was always like, how do we make it work? Yeah. I know that. I've seen his total that he's given to you and the family this year, and it's been massive, you know. Don't think you would have been able to do what you do this year without his support. So, mm-hmm. Jason. Um, I just want to touch on, we're talking about all these traumatic things and how it was so hard and the business has been falling over and, you know, <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh, and my life is crumbling around me, but I've got my real. Um, I want you to talk a little bit about now that you've finished Takiuda and you've gone through that experience, the excitement that you have to go back into business. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, again, we've been in lockdown for 12 weeks, right? So it's been a very... Um, different kind of experience finishing up the year over zoom doing you know two of our hokapuaki over zoom um and not being able to see everyone and have that sort of you know whakanui or you know like not just for our akumanga but for all four akumanga to come together and be able to have some kind of closure on the year um Oh, I don't mind. I forgot what your question was. <laughs> we've, been, we've been having well, these conversations good. about you getting back into the business. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as soon as we had our last um, stand in our Akumanga, um, that was the end of it for, for, for us. And so I was straight, like immediately and very excited to be straight back into um, planning and pulling uh, – you know, patterns and fabrics and so forth together so that we can push out a small bespoke clothing collection before Christmas. Um, having Jason home for the last sort of four months or whatever has meant that we've got a great stock of ponamu. And it's just, it's just such an awesome feeling not to feel um, like I'm treading water every day and such an awesome feeling to know that I can get back into creating things like actually like, you know, creating a collection. I don't think I've ever been this excited <laughs> about getting back into that. Um, planning for next year, it's just the whole thing is, um, it was probably taking a year off it made me realise just how much I really love it. And so I, I'm one of those really lucky people that can say that I'm living my dream job you know, this is my dream, dream job. And, and having to take a year away from it um, has really, really shone a light on how, on how um, lucky I feel <laughs> to be able to get up and be creative every day. Toad talk about Kororo, I was saying the same thing to Ashley, uh, I think this week, about how excited I was to get back into writing. Mm. And I think I was mostly excited because I had all this new knowledge and all this new like. Um, I don't know it was like I was a different person and I got to be creative again like you were saying and it's almost like relief like, yeah. not like, like you just feel relieved because you're like oh you don't have to worry about a whakawhaki you don't have to you know however in saying that it's been two weeks now since could have finished sort of three weeks and I noticed the difference now when I don't get to kōrero Māori every day and I feel like my cup 
isn't getting filled. And now I have this responsibility to fill that cup. Yeah. And that makes me sad. And now I'm like, oh, so I wish I could have. Yeah, it's just, it's now it's up to us, I guess, to carry on learning. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's this wonderful feeling um, jumping back into the businesses because I know that space. Like, I know how to do all those things, and um, that makes me feel good because I feel like, oh, thank God I'm finally doing something that I actually know how to do. This is great. Uh, wonderful, wonderful. But then, like you, Shiloh, like, you know, um, I've caught up with a couple of people from Takiura, and we're, we've all said the same thing. That that ability to speak to each other every day in the akomango, when you're going to get a cup of coffee or, you know, whatever, is such a huge privilege and an excellent environment mm. to grow your speaking ability. So when that stops and you go back to an environment for some of us that is a, a you know a European speaking environment in your home or at your mahi, you have to be so active about going out there and um, creating opportunities to speak. Um, and that's just part of our responsibility there. Mm. That's just, that's on us, man. Like that's, that's part of our personal journey. So, and I don't think um, it gets any easier. The, the, the higher the taumata, you know, that I think people that are coming out of um, like level eight or level seven or level eight or whatever, it's still hard and they still have to really actively surround themselves with real speakers to you know, grow grow the knowledge base and grow the ability. Yeah, I think that's been the hardest thing for me is definitely finding people to talk Maori to, um, finding spaces to speak Maori, um, and even my friends that do know how to speak Maori, I don't feel as it's not encouraged. It's more like I don't feel the emphasis or as much emphasis on myself to speak Māori because I'm not at kura anymore. You know, when mm-hmm. we're at kura, it's like speak Māori every day. Te reo Māori, ia And then now that it's finished and I don't have that, that sort of encouragement to speak Māori, it's so easy to revert back to speaking English. Even on this podcast, I could probably say some of these things in Māori, but it's just because I'm now not in that environment, it's not as much, it's not right there in my brain to be like, hey man, Ashley, speak Māori. You know, every time that you can speak Māori, kōrero Māori. So that's been probably the hardest thing in these past two weeks for me. But it's also given me sort of a kick up the butt to be like, oh well, now you know, now we all know, now we've had these two weeks where everyone in our akamanga, everyone at school's like, man, I haven't been speaking Māori at all, eh? But I also think to myself oh take a break you know it's been a long year like i'm just recovering i'm just sort of <laughs> akata, you know have a have a bit of a rest recoup and then i'm sure that we'll come back you know we'll slowly get back into it because we understand the importance of you know okay. continuing to learn and continuing to speak one of the lovely things that's happened is um because i pushed all my mahi out to you know the like November, the 12th of November is when we were supposed to finish. And so I took on um, sort of like interviews and um, this, like podcasts and things like that. I, I said yes to as long as it was after um, Takiyuru had finished. So they all kind of piled in. 
on these on these last two weeks. So I've been doing um, different types of mahi, like panel review for NZQA degrees and things like this. And what's been lovely is being able to go into those environments and for the first time in my life, um, have no anxiety around speaking pereo, doing my pepeha, you know, doing a mahi um, to the people, who, the organization or the people that I'm talking to or whatever. And that that is a flippin' miracle <laughs> to be able to um, stand in that space for the first time in my life and feel 100% comfortable. Um, yeah, I'm so grateful for that. So that's been a lovely thing that has happened over the last two weeks. Yeah. It's kind of like a realization for yourself that, oh, shucks, I actually did learn some things in yeah. out of this year, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah, I have changed. Yeah, and oh, that's probably something that people should um, keep in mind for next year. And I've heard this from um, previous Tawira at Takiera as well, is that sometimes it just feels like a hard slog for the first three wahanga or for, for first three terms. In that fourth term, something kind of like switches and, and comes about and, you know, your ability to speak starts to really sort of um, find the rhythm. And I felt I felt that happened to me, I, and I know that it happened to a couple of other people as well. So uh, during the third term, I was definitely like, "Oh my god, I just I don't I don't even know why I'm here. I feel like I'm coming every day, and I and I don't know if I'm actually gaining, um, you know, as far as being able to speak is concerned. But it all it, it's around you, and it's sinking in. It, you might just not have quite found the way to articulate it through door yet. And then the fourth term, it, it definitely does come. So don't give up hope is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Coming along. That's definitely true. It definitely does sink in and you don't realize it, eh? But then suddenly the word comes up because you, you hear it over and over again from the kayak or, or from Ashley or from someone saying it and then you say it. And so I think that's what's been hard, not having put it anymore. And even, and we can actually talk about Zoom, but like, even with the Zoom, you know, the uh, moments in between class or, or the mm. hui, all those little moments that we're missing out on Zoom, I realized were so um, important to, to, to getting the reo as well. Yeah, for sure. Barahui Whakamohoao has um, definitely changed things, but I, I also believe that there's probably things that we've gained in that time as well. Like it might have been, for us, for example, um, this has been the ability to be at Kura, but also be with the kids. So, you know, there's, there's positive things that have come out of Barahui as, as well, for, for our whanau anyway. It took, the, um, it took a lot of the stress because I don't actually like standing up in front of people. Um, and one of the most traumatic things in my life has always been trying to stand up in front of people and speak Māori. So uh, it kind of took that edge off as well, <laughs> you know, yeah. to hide behind a screen. <laughs> hide behind a PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> what PowerPoint? Yeah, that loud PowerPoint. We didn't know any PowerPoint. <laughs> jokes, jokes. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, there's pros and cons to it. Oh, awesome, because we've had a lot of questions about about Zoom, and it'll be interesting to hear. I mean, you've talked about how it's, it's been positive for you, um, but because there are a lot of 
people going next year that are a bit worried about, you know, if it's just going to be on Zoom um, and they're like, is it going to be worth it? Should I still do it? Here, how or Fakaro, Kiri or Asli? And we were saying that, you know, last year, because um, I applied for last year and I didn't get in in time, so I went onto the waiting list. And then when I didn't get in and we went into lockdown, I was like, here, Tohu. You know, that were, I wasn't supposed to get on that course because the poor, you know, my poor friends ended up in lockdown. Um, however, we've ended up in lockdown for much longer than they did. <laughs> Shame, <laughs> Shame on us. I know. <laughs> um, but I think the lockdown periods happened at different times of the learning. And this brings me back to what I said earlier. Those first 10 weeks, those are the, those are the nuggets. You know, that's the nugget. That's the foundation for the rest of your year. So if you can get that first 10, 10 weeks under your belt and really go home and lock in what you've learned that day and really start immediately trying to use some of the learnings um, via speaking, um, then that makes a big difference to, to your year. We don't know what's going to happen in the future, right? We don't know how COVID's going to continue to affect us, but I don't think it should ever stop us from living our lives. I just feel like if you are committed to doing the year at Takayuta or any other learning, like any other kind of full immersion learning of Te Reo Māori, then you should do it and you should take it and you should just make the most of any way you can learn it, whether it's on Zoom or in person. You can't just stop. We, we as a people, cannot stop our learning because of the threat of a lockdown. Yeah. I think something that I want to say about the learning journey for me anyways this year, and I'm pretty sure both of you have had similar stages in your learning journey, is it's important to take care of your health and your well-being and your mental well-being. And the reason I say that is there's been stages this year where I've hit a point and I couldn't quite describe it where I was like, I'm like, something's up. Like, I'm not feeling okay. Like whether that's because we're doing Zooms for, you know, five, six hours a day and I'm just like, it's just not clicking or whether that's I've just, I don't know, I've been busy doing this, that and the other and I just don't feel like okay at school. Like I'm like, I'm coming to school and I'm not bringing my full self. I think it's important for people to understand that that's okay and that you can take a break because a couple of times this year I've taken a day or two off of school and I've needed it. And I think if I had have just tried to carry on, carry on, carry on, I would have just deteriorated even more and more and more. And it, I just wouldn't have been able to learn as much or as well as, you know, I did or you did when you take a break. And that was evident in Zoom. Like there was times where I was like, I know I should be coming to school, but I have to put myself first and I have to put my health first. And I have to like, be okay there's no point in me just coming to a zoom and sitting there and being like eh, like, man this is just i'm just i'm near on just dying here you know it's better for you to take that time go outside get some sun have a think rest relax if that's two days don't beat yourself up you know 
it's a long it's a long year and you're gonna need breaks throughout the throughout the duration of the course and i think yeah just if you're ever getting to that stage in your own journey remember that it's okay to take a break and chill. yeah we have to be um kind to ourselves eh because um we all have different levels of um capacity whether that's physical or mental and we all have different um we're all going to experience different levels of um, language trauma. Uh, some people don't experience it at all, and that's, that's great. But for those people that do, we have to be really, really kind to ourselves, and we have to remind ourselves that it's not our fault that we don't have our language. Um, so all we can do is just turn up every day and try our best. And whether that you know, personal journey is slow, fast, whatever it is, it's your journey and it's, you know, you're, you're amazing because you're turning up every day, mm. you know, or turning up every night, or you've just learned how to say kia ora, you know, ingoa. the little things are big things in the big scheme of it. So yeah, being kind to yourself is really necessary. That's a really good point, Ashley, being um, okay to take a day, an hour, being okay to say no to you know a catch up or an extra lesson or whatever it is like whatever it you know whatever it takes to get you back into a play a, a space a mental space where you can learn because mm. um i think you guys were the same that first 10 weeks hey everyone was exhausted like mentally exhausted because every day you're concentrating so hard on taking on all this new learning and um it was okay to go home and, you know, fall asleep <laughs> for two hours and then wake up and still be exhausted, you know, felt like you were getting up and you were just didn't know how to get rid of the tired feeling. But um, I just, yeah, I hope that this quarter or anyone who's listening to it that's going next year or anyone who's thinking about signing up for future years, I hope that this quarter gives you some of... Um, context around the realities but also encourages you that this year is life-changing mm -hmm. changes you no matter how old you are no matter where you come from you know there's like a wealth of diversity in the people who are turning up to Takiyura or to turning up to learn te reo. and our language changes us and and it's positive it's hard, but it's positive. It's amazing. I think something else that sort of in terms of that changing, um, something that I probably, you probably should be aware of is a lot of people that I've talked to this year, they've come to the end of the year and they're like, I don't want to go back to what I was doing before. I don't yeah. want to go back to my work. I don't want to do the same thing that I was doing at the start of the year. Like be prepared for that because once you start to learn these things and you learn that ill and then, changes, And it sounds like a lot of people say that they're like, Oh, just, you know, the, my facado's changed now. And it kind of sounds like, Oh, like what, what, are, what, are, what does that even mean? But now <laughs> that we've gone through it, you're like, Oh my gosh, it's so true. Like facado Maori is so beautiful. And it just, it changes the way that you operate as a human being. And that change doesn't just mean you, it means everything that you're associated with you're like hold on do i want to go back to this place who operates out of a tower park our framework i don't know like 
that doesn't serve me anymore, you know? So it's, I've heard a lot of police officers that are like, I don't know if I want to go back and be an officer anymore. Like I want to, I want to change my path. And these, these people have been officers for 15, 20 years, 10 years. It's like, it's life changing in so many aspects. So be prepared to like for your world to turn upside down. Yeah, that's a good analogy, actually. A world turned upside down. <laughs> a world turned upside down. But I think um, something that I really learned this year, and I didn't realize I was learning it, but now in retrospect can look back, is get used to being challenged and get used to being completely out of your comfort zone and being okay with that. I mentioned it briefly earlier, but... Um, just watching Jamal, my kayako, and with conflict, you know, they, it's like a lot, actually all of the kayako would welcome, not conflict, but would welcome um, your fakaro, whatever it was, negative, positive, whatever, you know, speak your truth, speak your journey, and every one of them were okay with that. And I think we've grown up in this um, colonized um, mindset that when you challenge someone on their opinion or their thought or you have a different way of thinking that that's wrong or it's, or it's going to end up in a fight or an argument. Um, whereas for Māori, it's like, whatever you feel, you have the right to feel it and express it and that's okay. And so that's just been this bizarre, wonderful learning um, that I think, you know, will really, really, really helps me because I'm often in um, racially tense environments. And I just feel that that's really, really empowered me um, to be okay with the kōrero. Hey, that's a, yeah, I'm going back. I said that in a couple of episodes previous. Hey, that's my favourite saying. It still is. It's something that I have with me forever. <laughs> Um, and I think underlying and sort of overarch sorry, overarching of it's your mana motsuhake, it's your tinoranga tira tanga, right? And that's something that we've it's growing in us this year is learning the language, learning the tikanga, learning how to stand on your own two feet and stand with strong with your fakaro, with who you are as a person, and that's okay. And that to me is that tinoranga tira tanga. And uh, I feel like as an old lady, um, I was pretty comfortable with like who I am and um, and my opinion, and 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 I'll I'll say what I need to say in, in certain spaces. But in terms of confidence and feeling um, total autonomy over what happens in my worlds now, whether it's business, home or whatever, I just feel like I have this superpower. It's like, you know, this little, little tiny bit of superpower in my kete now um, that I'm allowed to draw from every now and then and grow. And, and that's, that's a really cool feeling as an older, you know, an older learner, an older person in the world, um, and at different a different stage than than sort of the younger poeta this year, uh, I think for a lot of sort of like because I'm coming up to fifty, and 
usually you'd hope by the time you get to that age, you feel pretty comfortable in your skin. Um, but that doesn't take away from the feeling of loss of language or ahurea or of culture. So this year has just been incredibly transformational. Um, just by learning about who we are as Māori and being able to communicate that in our language. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, amazing, yeah. And just listening to your korero and just soaking it all up, all up I was just thinking about how, how much you, how grateful I am for, for doing this year. And I keep thinking, have I changed? Am I different? And I don't think I'm different. I think I'm just more of who I truly am. And I think that's what Te Ao Māori has, has brought out. Oh, this is who I truly am. And then that's why now, like you are saying with the superpower, oh, it's always been there, but, but here's my superpower. And now I'm a lot more confident in who I am, no matter what space I'm at, whether I'm at a marae or I'm in a Pākehā space or going back to mahi. And I think that's the greatest gift or the greatest tonga that this year has given me. And just listening to your korero, it sounds like you've sort of got the same experience. And that's why I think everyone should, if they can, do takiura. Because it's just a way to, to get the real in a, in a, in a fast-paced environment and to just, yeah, it, it's, it's such an amazing, incredible journey. So, nā mihi kia koe, korero. I think, um, you know, the, um, the first kaupapa was Kōwaiō, who am I? And some people, well, if, um, at my age, you kind of know who you are in a Pākehā world. Mm. You know who you are. He oi, um, te akoi tēnei kou, you know, the learning this year was teaching you who you are in your Māori world. And um, so when people talk about change, transformation or whatever, it was literally that your Māori self has been dormant <laughs> almost for a while or you've only been able to access certain parts of your Māori self. And so what this um, year so generously gives is an insight into your Māori self. The, the first sort of you know, drawing back of the curtain and, um, you know, letting you into this different world that you belong to, you've always belonged to, but you just didn't know how to access before. And so that's why there's trauma involved. That's why there's excitement and elation. Um, and that's why people go, I've got a completely different focado about things now because I know my whole self, I know my Pākehā self and my my Māori self. Well, that's that's my whakaaro anyway. Kōku whakaaro anake. <laughs> Kia ora. Kia ora. E, e tahi atu pātai, e hiahi ana e tahi ki te, ki te whiua, o pai, pai te kōrero kia, kia kati te kōrero i konei. Oh, te pātai taku. Um, for, uh, for you two, how has it felt? Because this, this particular podcast has been listened to by so many different people. Um, 
how has it been for you? Sort of like, has it affected your environment in the Akumanga? Because what you're talking about is the experience of everyone that's in the Akumanga or everyone that's at Rumakere or, you know, or, or learners and other full immersion courses. I'm not talking about the workload of it. I'm talking about the things that you've been discussing. Um, has it affected your learning or your your place in your akumanga, if you know what I mean? The ahua, the feeling, the relationship between other tawira. Um, yeah, because I think a lot of people are listening to this podcast but maybe haven't considered uh, what the what the weight has been on the both of you to talk about these really, really sensitive subjects. Go on, Shiloh. Ko koe tēnei pātai. Oh, Ashley. pātai kere. It's actually something that I didn't really think about going in. I was like, oh, when I listen to the podcast, Ashley, let's talk about experiences. It's going to be amazing. And then when you see the different ways people express trauma it's really eye-opening and i i just want to share it right? i'm like oh my gosh can we share this at all and i'm a journalist so i'm like everyone everyone needs to hear this uh but there was a time when i did have to be really sensitive and i did cross the line a little bit and i was told oh um you know i don't want that shared and i'm like oh okay so i i i guess i, I humbled myself and realized that not everyone once the experience shared. But other than that, you know, people were happy to um, to, to share their, their journey with us. And I feel like when we did hear these stories, and on the podcast, but off the podcast, it brought us a lot closer together. Awesome. Hey, I mean, on a personal level, I'm a communicator, right? I enjoy a wānanga, I enjoy a kōrero, I'm pretty open, I, I like to think of myself as quite an open book and I'll share how I feel and what I'm thinking at the time. So for me, it was, uh, it was whenever we did a podcast or whenever we had a kōrero, it was always a nice chance for me to actually reflect on where I was at, at that certain time along this year. And I can remember at the start and I will cringe at the first episode and the way that I talked and how I expressed myself and probably for the first few, but now being here right now with you two, I feel like I'm my whole self. I'm so full. I'm so myself and I'm comfortable in myself. And that's a product of, you know, this journey. So for me, it's really nice to see that growth in another area in the podcast. Um, and it just goes to show like, again, that sort of the quarter that we were talking about around, Oh, this is this is who I am. This is this is how I communicate. This is how I share. Like, so for me, it, it's it's it hasn't been a weight. And if anything, I feel um, as though people total us. You know, people people oh, were yeah. never like, oh, you guys are doing that podcast. Like, you think you're cool, or oh, you know, whatever, whatever. It was really like people were people were like, man, like, thank you, Charlotte and Ashley, for doing this. I remember we'd go to whānau hui or we'd go to, you know, um, our, our hui in the morning and we'd get mentioned, you know, people would be like, o mihi ana ki a Ashley Rawa ko Shiloh e tūkaha ana ki te whakapua ki mai tō taua o tō, tō kōrua whiako. like, 
kiroonga back to kura. And it was like, you know, people were mihiing, saying, you know, thank you and thank you for being courageous and thank you for being vulnerable. And this, was, this wasn't just our class. This wasn't just our year. These were like older people, you know, and the level three sort of teaching degree where it's like, oh, cool. Like, I, I don't feel like it, it, it was that big or it, it was anything like that. But to me, just to hear people say, oh, thank you and stuff. I was like, oh, well, hey, at least we're making a, a positive difference and people are like, you know, appreciating it and they enjoy it. And to see messages from people saying, oh man, like tell us about your experience and I'm going next year. And I just, you know, I want to know as much as possible and to be in a position where we can offer some help or some facade or potentially some tips and tricks and from ourselves and you mum, like, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just grateful. I'm just grateful really to be here and to be doing this journey. And also with Shiloh, like far out been awesome and cool it's been really really cool it's very very generous of both of you you know um, making yourself vulnerable is one thing but making yourself vulnerable to an unlimited audience is a whole other thing and um learning you know we've just been talking about the difficulties of learning the real and um the anxiety that you can get around that um but the way that you guys have shared that openly um, you know, warts and all kind of thing is is really, really generous. And so I'm glad that you guys have had that response. Hmm. I think I wanted to share like my experiences because I I just wanted people who were going through the same thing to feel seen because for a moment I thought, oh my gosh, I must be the only one not getting this or I must be the only one that wants to cry right now. Why is this so hard? And then I'm like, no, I can't be the only one. There must be someone else. And then we did the um, first or second episode and people were coming up to me like, oh my gosh, I had the same experience. And not just that could as well. I think everyone reclaiming, most most people who came video have, have, you know, those types of experiences of feeling whakama and all that. And so I think that was my reasoning or my take is just to help others along the journey knowing that they're not alone yes yeah yeah Yeah, definitely i liken it to um giving birth to your first child you'll experience this one day charlotte You give birth to this child and you think that you're doing things wrong or you think that you know oh my god i'm getting i'm I'm so tired. I must be doing something that, you know, wrong or people have got all these facado on how I should be a mum and blah, 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 blah. And then you talk to another person who's recently become a new mum and it normalizes, it normalizes your world because you're like, Oh my God. So you're doing the same. You're having the same experiences. You're feeling the same thing. And, um, you know, learning the real is a birth as such you know, it's this birth of something inside of us. And I, and I, I, the more that you can talk to people, no matter what their experience is, that's, that's just going to help you. Okay, so, you've just, you've just yeah. reminded me of something that I think is important that I wish that we had have implemented this year in terms of each of our akumanga and that is that vulnerability, right? So a lot of people were feeling like Charlotte or a lot of people yourself or people that were in the Akumanga, like, holy shit, I feel like I want to leave. I don't feel like I'm getting it. I just, I just, this is not working for me. And everyone bottles it up. They don't share it. They don't go, guys, look, I'm really struggling here. I feel like I want to leave. I'm not okay. 
people just bottle it up, bottle it up, bottle it up. And then they just get all stressed out and akumanga. It's like, man, just share. Because as soon as that one person drops one message in the group chat or has that one corridor to the akumanga, everyone's like, totoko, yep, I'm there. Me too. <laughs> you know, so get to that space as soon as possible. As soon mm. as possible. And just open it up. Open it up. Open that corridor up. Be, allow yourself to be vulnerable because... As you guys have both said, man, people are like, yeah, that's me. I've been crying in the bathroom or, yeah, oh my gosh, I felt like I wanted to leave too. And then you build these relationships with people that you can feel like, okay, we're not alone. We're strong together. Like, we can do this. And it just allows for a lot, a, a lot more of a richer and better experience than you just suffering alone. That's part of being kind to yourself, eh? What, what you're just talking about. So being kind to yourself has got to be like the number one tool that you've got to put in your kete at the beginning of the year. Um, just, just take a breath and know that you're, you're there and so you're going to learn something. And so try and enjoy the process of it. You know, don't try and fight it the whole way. Um, don't have too high an expect, expectation of, of what the outcomes are. Don't be a perfectionist. And, <clears throat> yeah, sorry. <clears throat> <laughs> um, but also know that this is not the only year because for some reason I was, I was sort of like processing at the beginning of the year, like, Oh my God, I've only got nine months. I've only got nine months and I've got to learn all of this in nine months. And it took me um, a couple of mini breakdowns now <laughs> to kind of get to a point where I was like, this is the first nine months. And then I've got a year after that. And then I've got a year after that. So I've got a five-year plan after this year um, for my real journey. And that takes a lot of pressure off you when you know that, you know, I'm going to turn up. I'm going to learn as much as I can. And it might take me longer than another person, but, you know, I'll get there in the end. And that's something to keep in mind for, especially the older, older learners that are coming into Takiura next year. Yoda. Hey, Any burning desires? Last minute. Oh, there was one, yeah, there was one more thing that I wanted to say. Some people came to Takiura this year and they had issues with like um, the office or administration or different things that were outside of the actual learning of the real. I think it's really important to know that you're coming to Takiura to learn the language. That is, that is the whole reason that you're there is to learn the language. It's not to, you know, change the structure in any way or, or to have an opinion on other people or, or anything like that. So keep that in mind if you're coming next year. You know, turn up to learn your real. Don't worry about all the other stuff. That's, you know, that all just kind of falls into place. You're there to learn the real. Turn up and like, that every day. We've said this before, mum, but turn up and turn up with your whole self. Like, mm. you know, come, come correct. Come ready to give. You know what I mean? If you hide away or you've got these sort of this history that you don't want to talk about or you've got these radus in your life, like I guarantee you, you get to the end of the year, it's going to come out eventually. So I would, I would say let it out earlier, <laughs> get it over and done with, sort of pull the plaster off, let it go, 
forgive yourself, have a tangi, whatever that is, and then you're going to feel so much better about yourself for the rest of the journey. And that is, I guess, part of the big rungwa of, of this hidinger was to be able to unearth those things. You know what I mean? To be able to go, actually, this is something that's been with me for a long time. And now I've actually, now I feel safe enough to, to share it with you all. Um, and to show this side of myself that I haven't before. And once you get over that fear and once you actually let it out, man, you're, you're not just a better person for this year. You're a better person for the rest of your life. So don't hide, let it out, say what you got to say, talk about what's important to you. Don't, I know I was, um, I, I did this where I, where I, we would have an assignment and I'd go, oh yeah, I'll just talk about that. Sweet as all good, you know? Oh yeah, I'll just talk about that. And really not, I could have dived deeper into what it actually meant to me, you know what I mean? Or I could have thought about something that really, really resonates with me or something that like has affected me in my life and talk about it, you know? It's good to talk about it. So use those chances or those opportunities to get into those nitty gritty things in your life. Like you'll come out way better for it. Guaranteed. Yeah, definitely talk about all of the things. So important, but don't get caught up in the white noise, I guess is what I was saying. Like don't get caught up in all the other stuff. You're there to learn that all, and that's it. And so, um, yeah, don't let the other stuff affect your learning, your ability to learn. Also, we should talk about the fact that um, as a whānau, like as a mother and son going to study together, um, I think, well, we both agree, it was really good that we were in different classes. Oh, shit, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's, um, you know, there's a mother and son in my akumanga, and I thought at the beginning of the year, oh, God, help them. Jeez, yeah, they're going to cope with that. And they were beautiful. And so their chemistry was like totally fine being and actually really supportive um, and, and positive for them to be in the same class. So if there's whānau members that are coming to Takayura and there's a lot of partners, you know, girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, wives that come, um, have a really honest corridor and talk about whether you think you should be in the same akumanga or in different akumanga. Because... Um, it's, I think it would be really hard to spend every day of every week together and then also be with each other outside because it's quite full on, eh? <laughs> did, did you two ask to be in separate classes or did that just happen? We uh, just... Oh, we just figured that wherever we landed, that was where we were supposed to be. Mm. And we landed in different classes classes and you know what seriously we landed in the classes that we were meant to be in mm. that's another thing that people should prepare for prepare to fall in love with 30 people <laughs> prepare to like literally you oh, 25. Know, have a new <laughs> a newfound whānau that you will love for the rest of your life Ida, well, I think we're cracking up past the, maybe past the hour mark here. I know I've been sort of pushing us to wrap it up. I mean, I'm happy to sit here in Corridor if we want to, if there's anything else that you guys want to share, but I think it's been a really fruitful episode and I, I hope that people gain some, you know, knowledge and experience and some, some tips and tricks for next year and 
so that they can go to next year fully prepared and a bit more prepared than what we were um, you know, heading into this year. And that was the goal of the episode. So, uh, um so proud of you both. Um, for your journeys and for your learning and for your sharing this year. Well done, you two. Um, and I like the truth that you spoke and to be able to help all those that are going next year. And I know that you've been a big support for Ashley too, uh, just watching him this year and you've always been a good support, especially during Paramanawa. He goes and looks for his mum. It's, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> He's like, I'm like, I'm going to find mumsy. But I mean, yeah, you know, you're you're amazing and amazing Wahini for all of us Wahini to look up to, so Mihiana Aroha Kia Kwe. Namihi kia.